within printed page rests fates unseen, doused in ink and laid between. Shadows lurk within your finding to other realms and beyond the binding. Hello, welcome to Beyond the Bindings. I'm Max Lopez, and uh, I hope I'm coming in nice and clear right now. I've actually got some new equipment that I'm working with, so just bear with me while I uh, get things set up a little bit better and get used to um, working with this new equipment. Before, I was just working with some stuff that I had gotten for free, and it was just all very circumstantial, and because of getting it for free was actually a big reason that I even started the podcast in the first place. So I'm very thankful to... Uh, to have been able to kind of spend some time looking at how to build up the podcast, make everything sound a little bit better, and I plan on continuing to try and work on it, sounding as as good as it really possibly can for uh, kind of, you know, being on a budget and this really just being like a fun little hobby thing that I do. So uh, I hope I'm sounding good. I hope I'm at least sounding a little bit better. I hope it doesn't make you think, oh man, I, I really don't like the way that this dude's voice sounds. And and bail on the podcast that would kind of stink but you know if that's what it comes to sacrifice for a better sound that's okay we'll we'll, we'll all learn to deal with it so um just I, i'm gonna work on getting my low ends a little bit better hopefully they're sounding and coming through pretty good and they're not clipping too much but it's a work in progress and uh you know i do all this stuff on my own i, I don't think it's really a two-man job but i still do it all on my own and uh, i have a lot of fun with it so i'm excited to continue to kind of make it the best possible product it could possibly be and what better uh what better book to start with than guards guards by terry pratchett which was published in 1989 and is the eighth of the Discworld books if you've caught if you've stayed up to date with me covering the Discworld books or me covering anything here on beyond the bindings uh, i've actually for the first time in with the last one i covered the uh just called hogfather i actually jumped out of order for the first time and jumped all the way to the 20th book because it is kind of like the Christmas Discworld story called Hogfather. I put it out on Christmas Day and I really enjoyed reading it and it kind of uh, sparked my interest to go and continue where I had left off in the Discworld series not all that long ago. The last one I read was Pyramids, uh, which with me recording this episode right now, that episode actually hasn't even come out yet. So um, I really liked I really enjoyed Pyramids. I really enjoy all of these stories. They're so quirky and fun and quick to read. And uh, they do make you think. And sometimes they make you think really hard. Because sometimes you're very curious. What even is going on? Terry Pratchett's ability to like world build in the moment. Like where it's, it's so real. Because it's hard to call it world building. In the sense of you are kind of just getting dropped you are kind of just being dropped into something that seems so to already be functioning on this whole level where to a certain degree with these stories, something you have to accept is like he, I think, purposely wants you to be like, wait, what's going on? Because you find yourself thinking that a lot. And I noticed that as a little bit of a trend with these stories. And it's fun to try and fill in those pieces as you go through because it makes reading them more fun 
And it makes it kind of challenging to a certain degree because there is a lot of things that go on in the stories. Some are relevant and some are completely irrelevant, just with the slightest hint of relevance that allows you to make a connection to the story as a whole, but really kind of allows Pratchett to build out on this quirky, silly world that he's created with guards, guards here, or sorry, guards, guards here over the course of these nine books so far. I mean, he's just a wealth of humor and parody and satire that just, it makes the story so much fun to read when you're as into fantasy as I am, or just really when you're into, like, although he uses a fantasy setting, really he's just poking fun at some of the things in, in the natural world here on Earth. So it's kind of entertaining to see like what he's able to poke fun at and as the reader what you're able to pick out of his writing and see the connection to our actual world and our reality and everything like that so yeah again uh I, i'm gonna stop yelling guards guards again guards guards is the eighth disc world book and uh the one before it like i said is pyramids the one after it is eric which i've actually just started this morning because i just had some open time i decided i would just jump to the next one so yeah that will be most likely the next episode and so this was a fun one because this kind of took you into ankh pork as a city and allowed you to kind of see it as like kind of this character thing that like this personified city that he has done in the past with Ankh Pork, but in this one in particular, the it, it as a setting is very, very crucial. And so right away at the beginning of this, you're actually taken out of Ankh Pork and, and given the perspective of this this man named Carrot Iron Found Iron Founderson. And they just refer to him as Carrot throughout the story. But he's this really big man. And he actually lives um, with the with dwarves in in a mountain, and he is a uh, miner, just like you would suppose a, a dwarf would be. But the thing with him is, he actually thinks he's a dwarf, and uh, clearly he's not. He's significantly bigger. He's like six seven or something. They describe him as kind of just like Pratchett describes Carrot as just kind of this almost like very knightly person that like. He should his life should have went one way, but it went another way. He finds out he ends up he had ended up being adopted by dwarfs as a young child, and his family, the his dwarven family, has decided that it's time for him to kind of go on his his time out into the world. It's almost kind of like Rumspringer, like if you know anything about Rumspringer from Amish culture, where at eighteen, like a man will go off and he's supposed to um, like experience the. What, what would you call it like the uh, like all, I guess all the foul things that you could get yourself into in the real world um, blasphemous things I suppose they might call them so uh, it, it's kind of like they send him on this rumspringer and he ends up going to Ankh-Mork Pork and he becomes a member of the Ankh-Mork Pork City Watch which is basically like their police force um, that does at the beginning of the story pretty much nothing and they it, it's like kind of a parody on just like this this guard you know they're guards they're a form of the police of Ankh-Mork Pork but it's Pratchett describes this city in this way that it, it's kind of evolved so past or really didn't evolve devolved 
so past the ability of control from something like a uh, crew of guards or a police force or anything like that, that really it's just important that the, the society in Ankhmore Pork just kind of knows that there's a city watch and it like makes some people feel better even though everybody knows that their purpose really is, is nothing at all. And so the majority of this story revolves around Carrot joining the City Watch and having read up completely on all of the laws of Ankhmore Pork and being completely willing to put all of these laws into place and make sure that they are being followed by all of the citizens of the city, which is something that had never been done before. And so his superior officers and officers who are also at his level, just, it's not like they dislike him. In fact, they grow to really like him throughout the entire story. But they are, uh, they're annoyed by him, to say the least, because he's kind of like this uh, goody two-shoes, like trying to make sure everything, uh, you know, that everything is followed exactly to the law. And it does bring in this, this pretty humorous aspect of the story, because it's like, it's not like the rest of them are crooked. It's just that they're working within the system that they know this is how they're supposed to work. And the, the system wasn't made to really be policed at all. And the, the uh, rest of the City Watch is very, very aware of this. And Carrot is like, again, this kind of completely new to even city life in general. So he's coming into all of this. And it is... Um, it, 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 he's trying to follow the rules to an exact T. So one of my favorite aspects of the story is that throughout everything that goes on in the story, he is writing letters back home, and it like you you kind of get like that uh, the feeling of like a kid going off to camp and you know sending a letter back to his mom every couple of days about like you know what's happening at camp and you know, so-and-so did this, and they popped the blob the other day, or whatever. No, I think I'm now saying the plot of that movie, Heavyweights. But yeah, it's, it was just, it, I love that part of it, because those, those little letters would just come out of the blue sometimes, and he would just give like a full-on point of view of himself, and how he's viewing everything in particular. Now, along with him, with Carrot on the City Watch, we also have Captain Vine, we have Nobby, who uh, Nobby actually makes appearance in other books too, as well as the Hogfather, I believe, if I can remember correctly. And then Colin, Sergeant Colin, Colin, like the, um, I, I, I kept, I was trying to figure out if I was saying if his name was pronounced Colin or Colin, and every time I pressed it on my Kindle, it, it said Colin, like the punctuation as the definition. And I was, of course, not surprised at all. And so a lot of the story here kind of revolves in the beginning around these people kind of getting used to Carrot. And then something um, pretty drastic happens and a dragon appears in the city. And in the on the disc, I wasn't very aware of this. It's probably been mentioned in, in past books in passing, but dragons have never really played a role at all. And I love dragons, so I was kind of curious about that. And I did find out in the story that dragons have been extinct from the disc for quite some time. So very unusual that this dragon dragon has appeared. But through the reader's perspective, you're actually given this point of view of this underground society, which Ankh-Mork Pork is filled with these underground societies. And they are called the Elucidated Brethren of the Ebon Knight. 
and uh, one of their members is Lupine Lupine Wants, who plays a pretty big role, especially towards the end of the story. And you are given this perspective right away that they are the people who actually like summon these dragons, and they stole this book from the library of the Unseen University, and it's this whole thing. And so really, this is kind of where it turns into like this detective story, which I, I, you know, I found very humorous, and I thought that they, they kind of did this like cop drama type thing where... You know these these people from the city watch carrot and captain vibe and navi and colon are all in certain situations investigating that everything that's going on with this dragon and you you know a lot more as often as the case with this world books where you as a reader have kind of this omnipotent view of everything that's hap actually happening and it was just really entertaining to see these kind of blubbering fools of police officers or, or city watch members try to run this investigation because they're I mean the city as a whole is very scared the uh, the person who is actually in charge of the city his name is Havelock Ven Ventinari and he I forget what they petitioner I think that might have been the word that they have a, he's not the king uh, but he's kind of running Ankh Pork. Ankh Pork hasn't had a king in a really long time but you do figure out pretty quickly that the reason that the elucidated brethren of the Ebon Knight actually summon this dragon is because they want to reestablish a king or a new leader in Ankh Pork. And like this is their whole way of doing it. But being a Terry Pratchett story, it all kind of gets jumbled up and very skewed from their original plan. And so you, the majority of the story just revolves around you being able to see the City Watch kind of try their best to unravel something that is way bigger than something that they should ever really be handling and they honestly don't meet a ton of people which makes this story a little bit easier to read in regards to like not having a ton of extra characters which often happens in Discworld books uh it's not that that's like a super big deal it's just like some of them are so in insignificant and only used for really a comedy device so there's no uh, like they just kind of take up space to a certain degree in, in a good way completely but this book is a little bit easier to follow as far as the uh, like the overall story just because it does kind of happen in this closed setting you're in Ankh Pork for the most part uh, you do get one additional character a couple different additional characters but another kind of more in the forefront of this story is Sybil Ramkin which you find that she, you discover through their investigation that Sybil uh, breeds and raises swamp dragons, which are the only dragons left on Earth. And apparently they're like the, or not left on Earth, left on the disc. And apparently they're like these little, like these kind of like, uh, like almost like a house cat is what I, what I perceived of their size, a house cat size dragon. And, uh, I don't know. It's kind of strange how, like, she she seems, like, I, I feel like Pratchett was trying to make her be, like, this crazy cat lady, but with these very miniature dragons, which, kind of a funny idea. And she provided uh, a good amount of humor and also understanding of, like, dragon kind for the, for the other characters within the story. So, I did enjoy her addition. She was kind of like this wealthy person who used her wealth well and uh was also like completely obsessed with these swamp dragons so uh 
you do get to see a lot of this whole situation unravel, and you do get to see Ankh-Mork Pork basically get burned to the ground throughout the entirety of this story. It reminded me a lot of in... Uh, sorry about that, that's my dogs there. It reminded me a lot of in Game of Thrones, in the very final season, where uh, Khaleesi kind of snaps a little bit, not even a little bit, but a lot, and then destroys that entire city, and the dragons are like... Uh, melting or just the one dragon i think at that point is like melting the city's like whole structure down that's kind of what i got from this i, I was actually glad i had seen that although i do not like the final season of game of thrones very much i did enjoy having kind of that similar image to be painted because in the hobbit you know at the end of really the end of the book but also the end of i forget which one of the movies but regardless the city inside Lake Town is in the lake and it's all made of wood, so it just like burns very naturally. But in this is there are these like stone structures that are being like melted by dragon fire. And that is very much happening throughout this entire book. It and it's just always it's just always done in this like humorous way. It's just so funny that he can just like Terry Pratchett can destroy an entire city. At this point, to destroy a beloved city by a re by readers just because Ankh-Mork Pork is used in every single one of these books. But still, oh no, never mind, sorry about that. So it uh, wasn't as heavy with the theme. I'd say uh, a, a big portion of the story kind of revolved around the idea of like how monarchies are passed down. Uh, I really enjoyed the humor that was brought from the cop drama aspect. And this little bit of destiny that is, that is peppered out throughout the entire story and doesn't really come to fruition, which I thought was just such a clever thing to do. Like, like for, for example, like the whole time, you know that there's like, they were trying to set up like this fake destiny situation, the elucidated brethren of the Ebon Knight. They were trying to set up this fake destiny situation uh, so that, somebody could become the king but it was really just going to be who they wanted to be the king but you know as the reader that actual destiny is playing a role the entire time but it never comes to fruition and it's just so funny because it just shows like the uh kind of like foolish nature of several of the characters and I i'm very curious i hope these characters that i i'm thinking of and you'll know who i'm talking about if you've read the story uh, I, I really hope that they come into another story and that we that he kind of builds out on that a little bit because I think there's a lot of space for it and I'll, I'm, I'm very curious to see them come back. I don't know how many of them are reoccurring characters within this story. I know that Nobby comes back, um, but I'll be very curious to see if Carrot comes back. Apparently there's other stories that take place, uh, or sorry, that revolve around the City Watch. So... I'll be uh, I'll be excited when we when we make our way back to that and everything. Apparently there was a like a point and click video game for Discworld, the first one. I apparently there's been several, and uh, the first one I guess borrows a lot from the plot of this story. So really cool. There's like a lot of little quirky things that have been created with Discworld over the years. Uh, BBC has made some some good adaptations. Um, at least I really like the Hogfather one. 
the first one was uh, was actually the first two, the color of magic and the light fantastic, and two flower is played by Sean Astin, I believe, uh, who who's in the Goonies and played Sam in Lord of the Rings. I believe I have that correct. I haven't watched that since I first, and that one was like not the best quality, but it was made in the early two thousands. But Hogfather was like two thousand seven or two thousand eight. And it does remind me of like that era's quality or, or like that era of Doctor Who from that time period, like the quality of that, which I've always considered to be pretty good. Uh, and I, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Haven't watched it in years, but a huge Doctor Who fan. I think a part of that is is I'm very drawn to like English humor and English sci-fi fantasy stuff. Um, I think that they've kind of never led me astray. So from Tolkien to Pratchett to Neil Gaiman to um, Doctor Who as a whole, Monty Python. I mean, there's so many aspects of that culture, um, like their fantasy and sci-fi literature, and then also film that I, I've, I've just always really enjoyed. So again, not as going deep. He doesn't go as deep here with themes, but I think they're still there. And I think he uses them... Uh, very strongly as humor devices throughout the entirety of this story. So, check it out. Guards, Guards by Terry Pratchett. Discworld Book 8. Uh, very solid. I liked it. I'm moving on to Eric, which is super short. Uh, and then I might take a little bit of a break from Discworld. Maybe not. It depends. I'm going on a trip. And I have all of those books on my... I have a lot of those books on my Kindle. So, I might just, I might just read those instead of worrying about getting something else. You know what I really want to read is, uh, what's that, uh, sorry, The Never-Ending Story, which is uh, a German book, obviously adapted into a very famous American movie. And I loved that film when I was a kid. And I still love it today. I actually watched it in the last year, and I, I, I've always loved that movie. And I would love to read the story. I've never read it, so I'm... I'm going to go pop over to the library in the next week and see if they got it, just because uh, I would love to actually get into the uh, source material for one of my favorite movies from my childhood. So uh, keep an eye out for more Discworld. We'll be on it for at least one more, um, but who knows, maybe two, but you know me. So uh, as always, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I hope the, the podcast is sounding a little better. Again, bear with me. I'm going to just continue to work on making it sound the best it can possibly sound and as always i'm max lopez and this is beyond the bible